venturing into the book of Isaiah. So I said, with it being Thanksgiving, I was going to do just a, a general topical message on giving thanks. And so today, um, usually you would hear me say, open your Bibles too. I don't really have that this morning. Um, I, I'm going to be using various scriptures. I've got one passage of scripture that if you want to get, turn to your Bible, we will be getting there, and that'll be in Philippians 4. Um, but with it being Thanksgiving and everything, I just felt like, let's talk about being thankful. And, and you know, I think a lot of times, you know, being thankful, we know, yeah, we need to be thankful. And, and it's very general, and Thanksgiving time always comes to bring that out. But I want to show that giving thanks is something that we need to um, do all the time. Because giving thanks just isn't, again, when things are good, let's give thanks. But, man, I want to show us today that what God, when, when, when we understand, wow, God, thank you, what you've done, giving thanks pours out of that. So I want to look at four things about giving thanks today. And here's the first thing about giving thanks, and it's this. Give thanks as a priority to God. Give thanks as a priority to God. Over 150 times, I'm hoping that as I researched this, I got the, that, because I didn't like go start in Genesis and start reading through, okay? I, I always just kind of, you know, how many, I try to look at commentaries or whatever, and what I found was over 150 times, Scripture tells us to give thanks, all right? To give thanks to the Lord, give thanks to the Father, give thanks to God. That's a lot of times that we're told to give thanks. So it's not like we just read a few times, man, over and over and over and over, the Bible says give thanks. You know, I even, the reality is, is this, giving thanks to God as a priority is really a mark of maturity. It's a mark of a, of a, a spiritual, of a heart that is spiritually mature. Because, because let, let's be honest, um, again, I've already said it, how many times do we say, what do I have to be thankful for? Especially when, like, everything in life is just going down the toilet. A lot of us will sit back and go, ah, you know what, I just don't really have a lot to be thankful for right now. And we don't thank God for nothing. You see, when, when we understand and, and that, that, that our hearts are spiritually growing, and we have that maturity inside, it doesn't matter what's going on on the outside. We understand who God is. We understand what he's done for us, and from that overflows thankfulness, a heart of gratitude, a heart that, that says, I will prioritize giving God thanks. I, I just like how David, he expresses it this way in Psalm chapter 9, verse 1. So simply, he says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart, and David at times, had a lot of things that weren't going right, all right? I mean, that, that dude was living in a cave at one time, knowing if Saul finds me, I'm dead, and, and he will kill me. And yet he's able to say, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. You see, his heart was overflowing with thanks because Paul or David understood I know who my God is. 
It doesn't matter if I'm being chased and hunted down. It doesn't matter if I'm living in a cave. It doesn't matter because I know who my God is and I will give him thanks. Paul writes it this way in Ephesians chapter 5 in verses 19 through 20. He says, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. That's easy. I mean, we can... We can we can even go through the emotions. I mean, we come to church, we'll sing, we make music. But a lot of times we're just singing and making music just out of, out of well, I don't want to stand here not saying. We just do it, okay? But again, he's saying from the heart. When my heart understands who God is. When I understand what God has done for me, my heart is going to overflow. And one of the first things he says, it's going to overflow with singing and praising because I know who my God is. But here's what he says. Always giving thanks to God. Always. Well, Paul didn't know. He has no clue what's going on in my life. Have you read Paul's life? I mean, David had it pretty bad. Paul had it really bad. And Paul's like, I will always give thanks to God. And here he goes, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. Man, Paul, you really don't know what you're saying. No, Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Paul's like, man, I just got beaten and left for dead. I'm in prison again. Man, I've been shipwrecked. I floated in the sea for a day. People hate me. People are hunting me down. Wherever I go, somebody's wanting to harm me. But I will give thanks always to my God for everything. Now, that for everything, Thing. That's a hard one because it, you, so you're telling me I've got cancer. I got to thank God for my cancer, not necessarily for the cancer, but I think it's in the cancer and I'm going to express, get this to in another point, but I think it's in the cancer that we can still say, God, I'm going to thank you because in Paul, in that little prayer, Cancer is the valley, isn't it? Cancer is the darkness. Cancer is the pain. Cancer is the fiery trial. So I don't think we're praying. God, thank you for the But it's, God, I thank you in this thing that you are reaching into me and drawing me closer to you. Because the reality is our pain has a way of either drawing us closer or pulling us away. And if we allow the pain to draw us closer, we get more intimate with God. Isn't that a great thing to be thankful for? God, I thank you that in this pain, oh boy, God, I thank you that even in this cancer, I'm, I'm growing. God, you're still good to me. You see, he, he, Paul, I, I will give thanks always to my God for everything. And, and good, bad, for everything. We always got to remember about the importance of giving thanks. 
and prioritizing that because God is the one being good to us. You know, it's interesting. Last week I was talking to someone and they were telling me about a friend of theirs who says, why do we even spend time praying? Because if God is sovereign and God is going to do whatever he wants to do, why in the world do we need to pray? And so we discussed you know, how, what they said to them and everything. And, and the thing about prayer and thanksgiving, they, they, they're, they're linked together. Okay? In fact, if you opened your Bibles to Philippians 4, look at what Paul says in regards to prayer and thanksgiving here. In verse 6, Actually, just start with verse 4. Paul writes, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Man, Paul likes using that word. Always. Okay? Rejoice in the Lord always. That means when you're in the valley on the mountaintop, good, bad, rejoice in the Lord. He says, again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, let me break apart this thing for a second. He says, don't be anxious about anything. The anxiousness, he is, is, is that's, what's, that's what's overflowing in our life due to our circumstances, right? Anxiousness is not happening when life is good, right? Anxiousness is happening when? Life is in the toilet. All right. Um, my, my health is, is, is really bad. My finances are really bad. Um, the relationship, um, whatever it is, it, life is not good right now. That's where the anxiousness flows from. So he's, he's, he's directing you going, hey, when life is not going good, don't be anxious. And here's why. With prayer and supplication, I'm going to be praying through this thing. I'm going to, supplication is kind of like a cry to God. It's, it's, a, it's a plea to God. And he's like, man, be doing that. And, and we do that, don't we? We, we pray and we, 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 with supplication, how many of you have just cry out to God and you plead with God? All right? He says, with prayer and supplication, let your requests be, be made known to God. And we do that, right? Man, we make our requests known to God. God, here's what I need. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to take care of. And we repeat those a lot, don't we? But here's what happens when we only camp there. I will pray, and I'm going to use supplication. I'm going to give my request to God, and, 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 and I'm going to keep praying for this. I'm going to keep praying for this. But what happens is when we don't link it, because you notice right in the middle, he uses one word, thanksgiving. When we take Thanksgiving out and we're just, God, here's what I need. God, you got to do this. God, you got to move. Well, what happens when God doesn't do according to what we want him to do? Or he doesn't move according to the way we want him to move. He doesn't heal when I want him to heal. He doesn't bless when I want him to bless. He doesn't do this and we don't see it happen, and we've taken Thanksgiving out of the picture. What can happen is we get discouraged. We get frustrated. And that's when people will say, what's the point of prayer? If I pray and ask God for things and he doesn't give it to me, why am I praying? Because 
in between the prayer and supplication and presenting your request to God, what's in there? Thanksgiving. God, I thank you. God, you are awesome. And I'm going to present. Now, I'm not saying don't throw the baby out with the bathwater here. Man, there are a lot of lament prayers in the Bible. You see David lamenting a lot. But we can't camp there. You've got to be able to come back and say, God, I thank you. God, you are so good. God, I thank you. And you, you put the thanksgiving in your prayer time. You see, that's why we've got to understand that prayer just isn't about asking. Because how many times do we treat God like Santa Claus? It's in this, we're coming up to Christmas. And we want to be the little kid that crawls up on Santa's lap. Santa, here's what I want for Christmas. And we go down our list. God, here's what I want you to do. And we go down our list. God, you are good if you do what my list says. God, you are this if you do this. God, and we just think that's what prayer's about. So when, when God's not answering my prayer, I'm not going to pray. It's pointless. This is where the acronym ACTS comes into play. A-C-T-S. Pray like this. A lot of times we just pray into the deep, we just jump into the deep end of asking, don't we? Here's how we pray. Acts, A, adoration. Start your prayer by exalting who God is. Exalting Jesus Christ. Elevating the name of Christ. Elevating the attributes of God. Begin to just, and us telling who God is, isn't like God's like, oh man, I forgot that I was that good. I forgot that I am the Holy One. I forgot that I am the King. No, it is to help us to remember who God is. So when we spend time just giving adoration to God, or as, as David writes in the Psalms, ascribing to God the worth due his name. Okay? Acts, A, adoration. C, confession. If I'm not praying... I'm not confessing. And prayer, after I've, after, after, when I've exalted who God is, that reminds me, man, God will forgive me. God, here is my sin. And we start confessing our sin. And it reminds us, as, Paul, as John writes in 1 John 1, that God is gracious and he's forgiving and he's just and he will cleanse us of all of our sin, forgive us of all of our unrighteousness, and then we just confess our sin. T, thanksgiving. Well, I don't have anything to be thankful for. Really? See, that's when we need to ask, God, help me to see what I'm thankful for. God, bring back to my, my heart, what am I thankful for? What, what's in my life that I can be thankful for? And then you spend time, God, thank you for, God, thank you for, God, thank you that you are. God, thank you. By the time you've gone through acts, confession, thanksgiving, the S, supplication, is different. 
because now I've, I've, I've ascribed and adored and given the adoration to God. I've confessed my sin. I've spent time thanking him. Now when I present my request, I, I have that room in my heart to go, God, whatever you want to do, however you see fit, I'll still thank you. I'm going to thank you for who you are. I'm going to thank you for what you've done for me. There's something about praying that acts acronym. Instead of just jumping to the supplication, Father, I'm going to come before you and I want this and this and you got to do this and you got to act this, you got to bring these, you got to... Nope. Spend time adoring, confessing, thanking. Then present your request. I'm telling you, it changes your heart. Because all of a sudden you start to realize the majority of my prayer time is not just asking. It's everything else. So the first thing about giving thanks is make it a priority to God. Here's the second thing about giving thanks, and it's this. Give thanks in painful circumstances. I've kind of already hinted to this. Now let's go, let's go full, full bore on this one. Giving thanks in painful circumstances. All in agreement, that's hard. Okay? That is hard to do. But Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice always. He's already said that in Philippians. Rejoice always. The reason why you and I can rejoice is what he said in Philippians, because the Lord's at hand. God is with us, man. We can rejoice. We can, that doesn't mean I'm like, I'm always happy, but man, there's, there's something going on inside of me. There's a joy that I'm just like, God's got this thing. I can trust him. I can believe in him. But he says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. And here it is. Give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. Doesn't matter what the circumstances. And Paul, I believe, writes these things from personal experience. Paul doesn't say give thanks for everything and give thanks in all circumstances because his life was about tiptoeing through the tulips every day. His life was so hard. When he became a follower of Christ, I bet Paul every day was like, oh, Jesus, just take me home. I'm tired. I'm tired of getting stoned, God. I'm tired of getting beat by rods. I'm tired of being thrown in prison. I'm tired of being in shackles. I'm tired, God. And, but I'm still going to give you thanks. And the reason why it's so important to give thanks in all circumstances is because it's so easy to think, I have nothing to be thankful for. That's why if you look at Philippians chapter 4 again, he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, prayer and supplication, in everything, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. In everything. You're in the storm. Give thanks. And the reason why thanking God in the middle of the storm is so important, how many of you know it's so easy to just keep going negative? To keep your heart and your mind in the negative. I mean, I mean, horrible and hard circumstances is like a black hole. And it will suck you into the negativity so fast. 
it sucks our heart and our mind into the always sitting and thinking about what's broken, what's hurting, what's missing, what's gone, what I don't have, what God's not doing, how God's not moving. And that's where we like to sit. And when we sit with our minds and our hearts set on that, that's when we can make, I have nothing to be thankful for. Nothing. In the circumstances, that's why, and I, I just said it, we got to pray, God, what can I be thankful for right now? Maybe in, in, in your natural eyes, you're looking, there's nothing to be thankful for. But you begin to pray, God, show me one thing I can be thankful for. God, my health, the doctors told me this cancer is incurable. What do I have to be thankful for? God, I just lost my job and I don't know what I'm going to do. God, help me to see what am I thankful for. God, my child is gone. They, they grew up. They don't want to serve you anymore. I don't know what to do. God, show me what to be thankful for. God, my marriage is gone. I don't know what to do. Show me what to be thankful for. And the Holy Spirit will help you there. And then what happens is when you start to realize, you know what? My health may be bad, but wow, I've got some really great people in my life. My children may not be serving Christ, but wow, my spouse is with me. And then all of a sudden you start to see and realize, wow, my circumstances are really hard right now. And yep, that, that I, I don't want to be here, but wow, do I have some things to be thankful for. So God, I, I thank you for this. God, I thank you for this. And when you start to think and you ch shift your mind and your heart, and you get your focus now on Christ and what he's doing in you and the things you have to be thankful for, that's where, again, I, what Paula said, that prayer becomes different. Yeah, I'm in the valley, but wow, God, it helps me see you better. I'm in, I'm in the pain, but wow, God, thank you that my pain is getting me closer to you. And, and it shifts everything. It changes the way we view our circumstances and the way we view our life. Man, lament. Lament when you have to. Cry out to God. Pour your heart out to him about your circumstances. Pour your heart out to the pain. Even pour out your anger if you have to to God. But we can't just sit there and always just complain to God. And God, why are you not moving? God, when are you going to do this? God, why are... God, help me to be thankful. In these circumstances, God, how can I be thankful? Here's the third thing about giving thanks, and it's this. Give thanks for the people in your life. Give thanks for the people in your life. Again, this is another one where we look at the negativity of people, and that drives us crazy. All right. And how many, how, again, how easy is it to always just ponder and think about how the people have hurt us? Okay. When was the last time that you just started thinking about different people in your life and go, thank you, God? Paul does this a lot. In fact, if you just want to make um, these reference, um, just reference these and you can look them up. Romans chapter 1, verse 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. Colossians chapter 1, verse 3. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. All of these are letters that Paul wrote to the church. And in the very beginning of those letters, in his introduction, one thing that Paul would say again and again and again, Father, I thank you for these people. He's like, he'll write to the church. He goes, every time I remember you, I thank God for you. I thank God for your partnership. I thank God that you're in my life. And he just is, Paul is grateful for people in his life. Paul was thankful for these churches and how they impacted his life, how they supported him, how they prayed for him, how they encouraged him. Paul looked at people and he's like, I thank God for these people. How many of you know Paul had some negative people in his life? All right. But Paul, I believe, I believe Paul had a way of shifting his mindset and his heart despite his circumstances. And the way he, and you see this in his writings, the way Paul lived his life was always in the circumstances he was Christ-centered. He centered his emotions, centered his mind, centered his heart on who Christ is. And he was able to say, you know what? I got a lot of bad people in my life, but God, I thank you for these people because these people have changed me. These people have helped me and they've supported me. That's what you and I, you may have a lot of people who are just disappointing you right now. You may have a lot of people who have brought pain in your life, hurt in your life, You've stabbed you in the back, have just disappointed you, walked away from you, whatever it may be. And you, it's so easy, the black hole sucks you in, and that's all you can think about. Who do you have in your life that you can go, God, thank you for this person? God brought this back to my memory, even with Paula this week. I was in this sanctuary praying. I was thinking about this message. Sometimes it's easy. How many of you know it's easy to take your spouse for granted? Okay. And it's easy to pray for other people, but it just brought back to my memory. I'm like, God, I thank you for my wife. I thank you that we're serving Christ together. I thank you for her faithfulness up here. I thank you. Just, I, I thank God for my wife. And I sat and paused. I'm like, it's been a while since I've really done that. Doesn't mean I'm not thankful for her, but I just verbally to God have not done it in a while. You know, I, I was thinking about this with just this church. And that's what Paul does a lot is with the churches. You know, for you, it's looking at people in your life. Who are you thankful for? I try to mirror what Paul does with the churches in his life, with this church. I'll be up here praying, and, and I just start to, like Paul, I thank God for you. When I remember you as a church, I thank God for you. A year ago, this church went through a pretty ugly storm. And, and um, we lost our worship pastor. And I'll never forget that first Sunday, um, me and Paula woke up. And it was the third Sunday in, in December. And we woke up that Sunday morning and we had no clue of what we were going to do. Who was going to lead worship? Who's going to do this? What's going to happen? All of this. And all of a sudden, Paula starts making some phone calls. And I'm telling you, from that first 
Sunday in December when that took place till today. Thank you. In my mind, I, I just started thinking, it's not to say, I, I, I'm not highlighting certain people because they're doing something better. But that first Sunday, one of the first people who was so key in getting this church going and doing things was Cody Kessinger. Now, I know he, he's up there, so he can't, he's like, uh, don't even talk. He's like, his, he's like his parents, don't even say anything about me. Cody has been a blessing to this church for the things that he's been able to do with the computer and, 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 and all the technical stuff. When, when there's a glitch up there, and Lauren can attest to this, and, and, and when they, we can't get something, Cody, can you? I'll be there in a second. And he's not even planned to be up there, and he'll come up to this church and get that thing going. That first Sunday was one of the first people where Paul was like, Cody, can you do this? And he stepped into a role that it wasn't his role. And he did an awesome job. And for a long time before Lauren stepped in and Krista stepped in, it was Cody by himself. Week after week after week after week. And I thank Cody. I, I thank my elders, Ron and and, and Jeff and Adam, they've been a blessing to me. They've been a blessing to this church over the past year. I, I, I look at, you know, I, I look at the people who do the, the PowerPoint and the, the computer up there. They're up there by themselves, behind the scenes. You know, Jeremiah's up there right now. Roger's up there. You know, again, Roger's been one of those ones that's done a lot of work trying to do sound and stuff. Lauren and Chris are up there. They just do a great job up there by themselves. I, I, I thank this worship team. You know, week in and week out, they're, they're practicing. Just faithful. Um, worship for me has been truly a blessing. I, I love... The blend of the women and the male voices, you know, just doing a great job. I, I, love, I love what they've done with worship over the past year. I, 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 I am so grateful for Emily and Preston. Again, behind the scenes, every week they come up here and clean the church. Cleaning is not a fun job. Nobody wants to clean the church. They said it was actually Emily by herself until they got married. And then all of a sudden she said, come on, Preston, you're coming with me. You're like, you're not getting out of this. So now they both come up. They're, 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 they're going to do a deep cleaning on the well um, because they realize, wow, it is really dusty back there from all the work. But they're so faithful to come and clean and, and make sure this church looks good for all of you who come in. I'm so thankful for all of our small group leaders who just, you know, week after week, just faithfully, you know, having groups in their homes or up here at the church. You know, I'm grateful for our Sunday school um, class. I'm grateful for Devon and for Jeff and, and, and teaching the word of God. I'm thankful for everybody who serves 
you know, just whether it's at the front door, serving in the coffee vine, our children's workers. I am truly thankful for the sacrificial work of, our, of, of children's workers because children's workers say, I'm going to sacrifice my time in here to serve those young kids, to teach them, to help them come to know Christ and grow in Christ. I'm so thankful for the ladies who count the offering every single week. As soon as, as, soon as the service is over, boop, they're over there. Again, behind the scenes job. Not a lot of fanfare in that, but they count the offering every week. That's a pain, all right? I mean, most of us, as soon as the service is over, what are we excited to do? Get up on out of here. But the ladies who count the offering are usually the last ones out of this church. Except for Ron Larson. Ron's closing down the coffee vine, taking out the trash. Even, even after Verl's death, he comes back and he's like, what do you want me to do? Just stepping right back in. And I, I could keep going on and on and on. But thank you all. I thank God for you. I thank God that somehow, some amazing way, you all have been faithful to give to this church. I'm going to read a number to you that I didn't realize it until I looked at the financial records from our accountant and I looked at, I compared the offerings from last year to this year at this day, okay? Where we were last year, where we were this year. As of last Sunday, I, we don't have this offering counted, but as, at, at the end of last Sunday, I thank God that you guys are so faithful to give financially. Our offerings, compared to last year, our general fund offering. Nothing else, just general fund, is $43,000 more. Praise God and wow. I mean, it's not like we've added 150 people to the church. I mean, look at how many empty chairs there are. But yet, Praise God, thank God that he still stirs all of our hearts and you all have been faithful to give. And I, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm still speechless. I was up here Friday praying and I just began to say, God, thank you for what you've done this year financially. We've been able to replace our projector We've installed these new, um, he, I, are these working okay? Have these been, are, do you guys feel comfortable? Because these are only set at about 64 degrees right now. You feel comfortable in here at 64? I'll probably bump it up when it gets a little colder, but, but we've installed these. We've put new gutters on this building. We've got the entire roof now spray foamed. And at the end of the service, I'm going to go over where it usually leaked every winter because we've had a good snow. There should, if, if anything, it would be leaking right now, okay? And I'm going to go over there, and I'm believing that we are signed, sealed, and delivered on this thing. All the work we've been putting in the back, we have been able to fix things that have been broken for 
probably centuries, okay? That floor back there is probably broken when Jesus was a baby, and, and that's how bad it was. But we've been able to fix things. We, we have bought the furniture that's going back there. We have put new cabinets back there. We have put new floor down. We have repaired bricks and flooring and I'm speechless because I thank God for you all. I, I truly don't understand. Ron Robinson said it in one of our elder meetings a few weeks ago. Ron, and I mean, he's been an elder since day one of this church pretty much. And he said something to us. He goes, he goes, because I was, t- you know, I, I share with them every month the financials and, and I give them everything so they see what's going on. And Ron, when I took and I showed them that the, the balance of the checkbook, the general fund was at $46,000. Ron said, he goes, in all the years of this church, I've never seen this. And I made the comment, I'm like, I go, and it's not because we're, we don't have a, another full-time staff. During the time that we've had paid staff, it was always kind of lean years. But before we hired Kevin, I was still a single pastor for 10 years. And we never, never, ever saw something like this. Never. But yet here, God is doing this. And he's doing it through you all. Because of your faithfulness to continue to be givers. How in the world do we have $43,000 more in our general fund? And how in the world have we been able to do what we've been able to do? It's all because who God is. And I thank him all the time for you. Number four, here's the fourth thing about being thankful. Give thanks for the provision of salvation. Give thanks for the provision of salvation. Now, this morning, as I was reading in 1 John, sitting there drinking my cup of joe, reading in 1 John chapter 3. And then all of a sudden, I, I started thinking, I'm like, I wish I could change that point. But I already have the outlines printed out, the whole nine yards, and I'm like, it's, it is about salvation, but it's more. It's give thanks for the provision of God's dot, dot, dot. Fill in the blank. Because in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, here's what Paul or John writes. And I'm quoting the NIV because I just love the, the way they say this. He writes, he says, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. So it got me thinking. I actually changed this entire point this morning, where I was going to go, where I'm now going. Because when it comes to being thankful, and I've said this a few times, a lot of times we say, I have nothing to be thankful for. And, and as I said in, in, the, in communion, everything that we have in life, health, finances, relationships, whatever it may be, that is just icing 
the cake of everything is, as Paul says, and let me get the reference right, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, Paul says it this way, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That's the cake. And the question is, is what is the indescribable gift? And the ultimate indescribable gift is Jesus. But here's the thing. Jesus is actually a response from other things. It is actually the love of God is the indescribable gift. Because if it wasn't for the love of God, we don't have Jesus. That's what John 3 is all about. For God so loved the world, meaning sinners, that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. When you and I get into that negative mode and we have fixed our, our minds and our hearts on, I have nothing to be thankful for. I, my health is in the gutter. My, my family has left me. I have no money. There's nothing in this world that I have to be thankful for. You have everything to be thankful for. The fact that you have Christ, that God loves you, and if you know Christ by faith, and you've come to accept him as your Savior, this life is going to end this life is not it. Your, that's your life. When, you, when your life, your body is put in that grave, if you know Christ, you have everything. So when you think, I have nothing to be thankful for, this point right here is what you have to be thankful for. So when I was in the offices this morning, I started just writing down, here's what you and I can be thankful for. Thankful for God's dot, dot, dot. And here it is. You and I are thank, can be thankful for God's love. Because if he never loved you, you'd be in a world of hurt anyway. And he loves you despite who you are. To the core of your being, you're not good. You're a sinner. And yet he still loved you. And that's why Christ died for you. In your sin, Christ died for you. We can be thankful for God's mercy. We can be thankful for God's grace. We can be thankful for God's compassion that it never fails. We can be thankful for God's faithfulness because it's great. Paul writes in Romans that God is faithful when you aren't. He's always faithful. You can be thankful that God doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. I mean, that alone should cause you to be going, God, thank you. You don't treat me as my sins deserve. Because, oh my gosh. You can be thankful that you have eternal life. You can be thankful that you have forgiveness. You can be thankful that God doesn't keep a record of your wrongs. You can be thankful that Jesus has redeemed you. You can be thankful that you have an inheritance kept up in heaven for you. You can be thankful that God doesn't repay you according to your sins. You can be thankful that as far as the east is from the west, that God has removed your sin from you. You can be thankful that you don't have to wonder, have I done enough to earn my salvation? 
That's just a short list. Do you see how many things you truly have to be thankful for? So when you want to keep repeating the, and, and hitting the play button, I don't have anything to be thankful for. You need to hit the rewind button and go, I've got a lot to be thankful for. I have thankful for the provision of God's dot, dot, dot. I don't deserve anything from God. You and I deserve nothing from God. Not one thing. There is nothing in you that God saw to go, oh, they deserve to be forgiven. They deserve to have my son sent for them. They, they've got a little bit of goodness in them. I, I think I'll, no. We are truly, because of our sin, black to the core. But because God loves us, he does all this for us. So when the devil wants to tell you, see, here's the two lies the enemy says. One, oh, you have every reason to, to, to be thankful because look at who you are. No, no. Or you have nothing. And God doesn't even care. No. All you got to do is keep going back to the word. And you've just got to go through what the Bible says, that God, what God says about you. And when you start to realize who you are according to God and how he sees you and what he's done for you, every day is Thanksgiving. Because every morning, you and I, every moment of the day when it comes to your mind, God, thank you. Thank you that you love me. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you yet. Thank you, God. When nothing else in my life has changed, God, I thank you. That's where you and I got to keep getting back to. Giving thanks for who he is and what he's done. Let's all stand and close in a word of prayer. Father, we do. We thank you. And we praise you, Jesus, because of who you are, for what you've done for us. We don't deserve it. But yet we have so much in you, Lord Jesus. We have so much to be thankful for. And that thankfulness is not because of what you do for us in this life. It's what you've done for us for the eternal life. That's what truly matters. Help us to remember that. Help us to know, God, what you've provided for us. Lord, we're going through the storm, so many of us. We've lost things we have hurt and pain in our life. But Lord, help us to remember in those circumstances, we can still have so much to be thankful for, Father. And we thank you for the precious gift of Jesus, for the indescribable gift of your love for us, God. And we just praise you and we thank you, Father. Amen. Amen.